I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction and part two of my chat with eyewear god, Tom Davis. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors and find out what's inside. I've never lost touch wood a pair of your glasses, but inside the um, arm, I've got my email address. So if they ever get got lost, they'll find me. I mean, it's just attention to detail like that. Those little details are so fantastic. I had a guy from Brentford Football Club coming yesterday, and he says, I'm really sorry, Tom, because this puppy had chewed his glasses to pieces. Uh, and he just needed some new arms. So it, it, the front was fine. He's, he's like really humble. Oh, look at this. Sorry, Tom. I said, yeah, no problem, get it fixed. And I gave him somebody, we put new arms on, and I ra- lasered on the inside a uh, little message, John, keep these fuckers away from puppies. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I didn't tell him, I didn't tell him, I just gave them to him, and I'm just waiting for him to, uh, like, see it, you know, and laugh or something, I don't know, just like, he'll read that the next day or so. Um, darling, is there anyone who you would like to make glasses for who you haven't made glasses for yet? Absolutely. The, if anybody's listening to this, I don't, I've, got to be, I've got to be direct about this. This is, a, this is an opportunity. I need to make glasses for the future King of England. I, I, I'm not talking about Prince Charles. I like Prince Charles. I'm talking about William. This is a guy who uh, is a, quite stylishly dressed these days, uh, except for his eyewear. When I've seen him in his glasses in the paper and things like that, I just I cringe. And I think the future King should be wearing beautiful, handcrafted British glasses that make him look and feel amazing. You know, this is an opportunity for him to, you know, to, I think I could do a lot for his image, but also uh, what an honour it would be to make glasses for the king. I just think there's, there's not many, I can't think of anyone else in the whole world, actually, that I would like to make glasses for more. No, there isn't anybody. That's it. That's I, it. I've got. I have a list. I have a list, but there's, there's no point in talking about it. It's just that I'm focused completely on somehow, some way. I'm waiting for the call because you you don't do things like this for free. You know, it, it's like people. You know, lots of famous people wear my glasses, but they tend to just come shopping. Mm. Uh, so I'm just I'm just kind of waiting for the for the the royal moment. You know, <laughs> when when he comes knocking on my door. Uh, he yeah, I think it would make a big difference. He he could do with a pair of glasses and it's I mean especially someone in that position you're meeting people all the time because glasses can give you a form of protection as well it's like my comfort blanket quite a lot you you talk about that on your podcast with people and a good pair of glasses is is like the ultimate comfort it's like a barrier it's a protection it's a shield it's a you know it dresses you up it hides it's like you know, it's like putting on a good pair of sunglasses. You can't walk around your sunglasses all the time. That's why pop stars all wear the sunglasses inside because they're so exposed that yeah. they, you know, you think they're being arrogant. But in actual fact, the, the psychology about wearing sunglasses indoors, it's a lot about, you know, give me some space, give me some protection. Uh, and, mm. and, and that's what I think glasses do. They sort of, is a comfort. It's definitely a comfort, a good yeah. pair of glasses. But only when you've got it right. Because as I say, if you get your glasses wrong, you hate them. But you get it right. Yeah. It's just the best 
thing you could, it's your number one accessory. I love that you're so passionate about your own brand and what you do. And that's why you're so successful, Tom. But you let's get on to clothes for a second, like properly, because last time I saw you, I have to take you shopping because you look like you've got this beautiful, these beautiful glasses. Now, thank God, a good haircut. Um, but you need to, we need to sort your clothes out because they're all a bit wrinkly, aren't they? You love a bit of linen. So we need to get you looking a bit sharper. I, I, it's a lot better than it used to be. I can tell you that for nothing. <laughs> okay. So I, let, tell me what your wardrobe malfunction is. What is your worst wardrobe malfunction? I was invited to my best friend's wedding and she wrote, it was an Indian summer. And my wife went in a nice sort of floaty wedding dress, which was fine. But I thought when Indian summer meant... Um, it was just because it was in the middle of summer and it was just to be a little bit, you know, uh, um, I don't know like a nice, you know, nice wedding. She might be dressed in an Indian summer or whatever, but it, it turned out to, so I went in my normal sort of suit, which was a pretty much a boring banker suit. And everybody at the wedding was wearing Bollywood outfits. And I was the only, and I got there and I thought, well, oh, look, at they've misunderstood the brief. Look at that. And then as I pain became aware that I was literally like the twat who was wearing a pinstripes banker suit uh, but I'd forgotten that the, 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 that was my wife's version of my wardrobe malfunction my real one was the moment I realized I had to dress well it was a there was this very specific moment I'd never really considered it that it was a point I was so obsessed with glasses when I started the business I never really took my own image uh, as a priority for business it was always like buying this machine opening this store doing things and like I, I've, I forgot that you know I, I, the brands under my name I am the brand and it was early on probably about 2009-2010 I was in a trade show in Paris and I liked being on my trade show big stand with the name on it it's all very nice for you and everyone there buying your glasses and there's you know I know 70-80 people on the stand all buying glasses and I was overheard a conversation between an optician and one of my salesmen, and they said, oh, where's your designer? And the salesman pointed over at me, and she, this lady, she went, what, that's your designer? And I was, <laughs> I was like, I was shocked. It, it hurt my, I was like, it was like overhearing something you shouldn't overhear. You know what it's like, but it was, and I looked down, and I was wearing like, I was actually wearing the suit I got married in because I thought it was a nice suit. It was my most expensive thing I'd ever bought. But it was too big for me and out of fashion. And, and, I, look, and I, I, looked, I looked back at photos from the event afterwards and I realised I looked like a banker, not a designer. And nothing wrong with bankers, but I didn't even look like a good banker. I was really badly tailored <laughs> and I looked terrible. And I thought, I've, I've, got, to up my, I've got to up my game. And, and at that moment, I, you know, I, I, I transformed and I'm, you know, I, I, I was delighted. I'm delighted to hear that you want to take me shopping, but I thought I was quite well dressed until that moment. No, that was only, no, you are. But it was only the last time I came in to see you and you were wearing that, that jacket and it was very creased. That's all. But you do, I love the way you dress. You're very, it's very complimentary to your figure and you wear quite tight fitting clothes, which is really nice. Very simple, well cut, but we still need to go shopping. One of my favourite writers who's better known as an actress is Carrie Fisher. And um, she's a devoted fan, was a devoted fan of yours. She, uh, Carrie. Uh, she was my best customer uh, for three years running globally. Um, but 
I never, I mean, I, I actually sort of discovered that after the fact that she died because I never looked at it like that. She, she came into my store, just walked in to buy some glasses and um, I, I, my store manager called me, Tom, Carrie Fisher just come to the store because he knows I'm a Star Wars fan. And it's literally, like, the phone was still dangling in the air as I rushed off to jump in a cab and get to the store. I got in the store and I met with Carrie and I, I did my sort of routine and told her what I wanted to do and how to do it. And she announced there and then she says, Tom, you are Mr. Fisher. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't quite get the meaning of that, but apparently it's a very rare thing she bestowed on people to make them Mr. Fisher. Uh, and, f you know, literally after the consultation, she bought, I don't know, four or five frames that bespoke for her. Um, she invited me back to her house. Uh, and I, you know, I cooked her a curry. And, you know, because she, she doesn't, I don't go out, let's go out for dinner. No, I don't go out for dinner. So I cooked her a curry. She'd never had a curry before, which was amazing. Uh, so I cooked her a curry. And, and we just chatted for hours and hours and hours. And uh, from then on, it's like she kept coming in and kept buying glasses and kept, you know, coming to see me. And, and, and I, um, I was like, I didn't think of it like she was Carrie Fisher because she didn't look like Carrie Fisher. I mean, she was a handsome lady. But mm -hmm. Carrie Fisher, in my head, was, you know, in a metal bikini swinging around in Star Wars um, so it didn't sort of frighten me as her being this absolute megastar it just got on really well with her and she she um, you know she'd send me in customers she 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 got me invited on the Millennium Falcon and, and fulfilled my Star Wars ambitions and fantasies but she was uh, you know she was just a genuinely funny charismatic in a way that when you were someone like that you can only imagine it's like a superhero skill she had to make you feel brilliant uh, and I was always wondering you know why is she you know I think because I don't know why she was friends with me but um, you know it, 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 it was a surprise to me we did get on really well we just chatted for hours about nonsense uh, and um, and I yeah really I was really really sad when she when she died but um, I've got some fabulous memories of her and she, uh, she actually took me to the Star Wars premiere uh, as her date. And I was, it was, it was a funny thing because it was such a media circus at that time. This is The Force Awakens uh, when it came out. It's such a media circus that you could have get out of the car. Uh, and it was like, I, I found the whole thing very unpleasant. Like, you, 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 you think you dream of these things. You see the red carpet. Uh, and yet I could see, because I could see, I could see how distressed by the whole thing she was. And she was doing it. And I was with her, uh, walking down the carpet with her. And there's, like, the amount of photography. And I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm really easygoing. And I don't get intimidated very easily at all. But, I, you know, I was holding a dog at one point because, um, because like, she asked me to. And she, says, yeah, she said, can I have Gary? So I gave her Gary. Because she wanted the shielding of the dog from the, from the press. Uh, and then Disney uh, lovingly sort of decided that I should go to the green room where I chatted with David Cameron and whatnot. And so the, you know, and so I left Carrie, and then I felt bad that I'd left Carrie, and and I was at this this thing to all these mega stars, and I said, I should tell you a funny story. It's just I, I, you could, you, it's totally nothing to do with glasses. It's just I was in the green room, and it's literally the most famous room you've ever seen, and I went for a pee. And on my right was Mark Hamill, uh, having a pee. It's Luke Skywalker. And on my left was Simon Pegg. Washing his hands was George Lucas. Waiting for the urinal was Harrison Ford. And I kid you not, right? No. So I'm standing there having a pee. 
And I looked in my life, I looked, right, I looked over my shoulder and I just said out loud, I said, this is the most famous piss I'm ever going to have. And, <laughs> and Simon Pegg laughed, right? And nobody else did at all. And I sort of, oh, and I left and I went and stood in the room, looked, sort of stood there on my own, like with a glass of champagne. And I found the whole thing like very, it's a, it's a very weird experience. But anyway, I, Carrie never let me give her anything for free. And, you know, I wanted to because, you know, she was my friend now and, and she, you know, I wanted to make her mm. some stuff. No, 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 no. Um, and uh, so I decided I made her dog, Gary, a pair of sunglasses to say thank you um, for taking me to the Star Wars premiere. And, uh, and I think uh, she was really touched by that. She's a little, you know, a little cry. Uh, she says, you know, Tom, you're the, you know, afterwards, because she, I was her official date, but she had uh, two more dates as well. But I was the one, the red carpet one. Uh, and then there's five more semi-dates and then there's seven more people in her entourage. So she literally had a, a whole sort of motorcade of people, but I was at the front. But anyway, she says, Tom, you're the only person that got it. The only person that got it and understood, you know, I didn't need you lot there. I just did it because, and you're the only person that said thank you. So a little like Willy Wonka and that mm. boy giving the sweetie back or whatever, the ever-laughing gobstopper. Um, but, you know, I was really grateful for, for, for taking me there. And I made Gary the dog's glasses. And I tried really hard to make them out of um, uh, edible material so he could eat them. But I couldn't do it. So anyway, cherry red glasses. They fit him really well, uh, Gary the dog. Uh, and she gave me this... Uh, wonderful gift um of a hologram of her feeding a disc into r2d2 and no i, I put it and it's worth it's worth an absolute fortune i put it in my store window and uh, I, I i said to her afterwards like, about six months later i said look carrie this is like this is too much this gift i mean it's worth a fortune i said you know do you want to take it with you and she's uh, back and she says oh yeah yeah, yeah. um i'll do that are you sure i says no 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 you, you take it it's like you know, I, I, I didn't want to put it in my window anymore and like have it home. And it's just, I don't know, we're, we're friends. So she rings me up at one o'clock in the morning and she says, I'm flying tomorrow at 10 o'clock to LA. Can I, can I get, I'd like to hand carry the hologram. And I, I oh Jesus. I said, I, I got this guy who was driving around. I said, come to my house, get the keys, go to the store, get the hologram. Then take it to the firehouse, give it to Carrie Fisher. Uh, and it's the middle of the night, and this guy's like, yeah, okay. Comes, gets my keys, two in the morning. Three in the morning, I get a phone call from the police. They've arrested a guy breaking into my store, stealing Carrie Fisher's hologram. And uh, it, was, um, uh, it, was, it was a long night, I could say. Uh, anyway, uh, she took the hologram back, and, um, uh, and, and my, I got the guy unarrested. Uh, and I consequently remove myself from the police database for people to call uh, when someone breaks into my shop. <laughs> so, oh, my God. It was just the longest night. Anyway, and it was just, you know, we literally got there. I'm, like, all disheveled and get to the firehouse at, like, 7.30 with a hologram. Here, here you go. I should have just bloody <laughs> kept it. <gasps> oh, my God. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So with your cut you mentioned that you know glasses are your comfort blanket and they are mine too but is there anything else is there anything else that you would that makes you feel safe and secure that you wear everywhere or you take let's say on a trip or is there something you take well pre-covid i fly i flew a lot i mean i'm you know I've got two million air miles with British Airways and I was literally on a long haul every month somewhere in the world promoting the business, um, supply factories, media, whatever. And I've got it down to a fine art form traveling, especially when it comes to clothes. And I have uh, these Hugo Boss trousers that stretch so that they look good when you arrive anywhere. And I have a really nice cardigan, blah, 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 that I could zip up and down for aircon in and out of Asia, places like that. But I found a scarf to be, I've got a beautiful scarf, which I love wearing, especially on trips, because it's like, it's versatile. Um, you can sleep on it. It makes you look glamorous uh, and you can look dressed up. And, 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 and it's important, we, we, you know, without a coach, you just need that extra warmth because you go in and out of aircon so much when you're flying around the world. But um, I, I stopped using it about two years ago because... I've about, uh, I flew to, uh, oh God, it's time, time's going to like five years ago. I went to an event in Malaysia and then I was going on to an event in Hong Kong. And I, I you probably know what this is like. I mean, for me, this was my one brush with a sort of celebrity culture. That I totally have stepped away. I don't do this at all anymore if I can help it. But I arrived in Malaysia and they, uh, my agency there had like, planned my entire trip for the time I was there down to the last second so I stepped the airplane in my stretchy trousers and my white top and my cardigan and my <laughs> scarf uh, and I I, I, I I got to this event and you know and it's, the scarf helps you look dressed up as well so I get to this uh, event and then I had to take out I was out for dinner with um, 25 people and they made me give a speech and everyone had to drink and toast with everybody no problem but I've already been traveling like 16 hours to get there, door to door. I was exhausted. The last thing I want to do is do this big dinner. Seven o'clock in the morning, they had me on a TV show. Uh, 11 o'clock, I was on a radio show. Three o'clock, I was doing training session for 150 opticians. 7 p.m., I was creating a fashion show and uh, giving media interviews. And the same day, pretty much the same sort of thing. And they, by the time they took me to the airport, at the end of it, I got to the airport, I sat on the airplane, I just burst into tears. It's like, it was oh, awful. And I literally, oh. I sobbed into my scarf. I can't really explain. I just, I felt I'd been violated. And I just had my scarf. <laughs> and I just cried for like an hour into my scarf sobbing. And it was like, 
Right, that's it. Chucked it away. <laughs> threw away my bloody oh. scarf. But for like 10 years, um, I flew everywhere with a, with a scarf. I found it very versatile. Uh, but yeah, I got ruined by... Uh... Do you remember where you got it from? It, it was a it was a present for my wife. Uh, um, she's she's. Was it silk or what was it made yeah, of? Yeah, it was a blue silk scarf. It was a really nice light blue scarf with dark blue stripes in, and uh, uh, white stripes. And it was just it was lovely and soft and cozy. And you know I'd wear it, and it would make me look fashionable instantly, because yeah. it's unusual for men to wear scarves anyway. But yeah. I, I mean secretly it was like this really versatile thing for travelling. But it also uh, for, you know for all the reasons practically. But it was, you could just be wearing something and just look dressed straight yeah. away. And I loved that. I loved it about it. But I totally ruined it with, uh, yeah, I, I literally, I wasn't. I, snot I, and tears. Yeah, snot and tears and like bad memories then. And like, I thought, you know, I'm not, I'm, I thought I was like, literally, I'm never doing that ever again. But my angel, um, let's get on to your birthday suit now. Is there anything particular that you would wear for a special occasion? So I spent a reasonably large amount of money recently on clothes because I realised that, you know, I, I, if I don't wear the right stuff, I look fat and uh, I look older. And, uh, and I think that I've pretty much got a really even wardrobe of blue. My special outfit mm. is blue and almost everything I wear is blue. I, uh, and I, I know it's very boring. I ought to get away from it. But if I wear any other colour for a while and then go and wear blue again, people say, oh, you lost weight. Uh, and it's not. It's, I've been the same fat git for um, 18 years, exactly the same weight. But people love to say, uh, you've lost weight. And, it's, and I realise it's when I wear blue. So I have everything. I mean, I, 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 I almost have blue. But I, I, so I don't think I have anything really special except for maybe one velvet jacket which I try really hard not to wear because <laughs> even though I love it, if I wear it every day, it would be like all my other clothes are special. As in like I've, I've got beautiful bespoke suits from a guy, Arbiter Bespoke in London, which is a, it's just one guy on Savile Row. If you're going to buy bespoke somebody, you've got to get it from the master. And this guy cuts mm. it himself. Uh, and, and that attention to detail, it makes me feel thin. So I've got some nice Arbiter Bespoke suits that I love wearing. And, I, and, and I, like, I buy loads of Hugo Boss, which is really boring, but I like Hugo Boss stuff. I've got one velvet, beautiful velvet jacket that I think, yeah, if, I, if I'm not careful, I'd literally wear it every day. So I, see, I pull it out like once or twice a year. Otherwise, it's not special. Okay, yeah, I can understand that. And then is there a bit of advice? What's your best bit of advice that you'd give someone going to buy a new pair of glasses? Apart from come to you. No, look, the thing is, my glasses are reasonably expensive and um, it's not about how much money you spend. Mm. The most important thing is take the time. The worst thing you can do is walk out of the optician uh, after having your eye test and then, you know, buy something because, you know, at the end of the day, the optician's job is to make money, not necessarily, you know, test your eyes. You know, it's not going to the mm. hospital. But people walk out having had a medical test and then into a retail environment and end up buying something. And more often than not, they walk out with something they don't like uh, and they spend two years hating them because they slip down their nose and pinch their head. So the most important thing you can do is take your time. Take someone with you. You know, you want to balance mm. the power between you and the optician. You want someone there with you who's going to say yes or no with you on your side and you've got to, and you've got to take your time and do and invest in the shopping. You know, the average time people spend choosing their eyewear is 20 minutes for something that will define them for two or three years. It's absolutely bonkers. So take mm. your time when you're choosing glasses. Maybe take someone with you 
And I think as a secondary tip, don't buy one frame, otherwise you're going to buy brown and wear it, it goes with everything. So try and buy a bit of color, try and buy a bit of uh, thin, lightweight, comfortable, and try and buy something a little bit bold. You need three frames. You've got to have three frames. You've got to have the kick-ass frame, something comfortable and easygoing, and something with a bit of color. And if it's a man, wear blue glasses, because if you've got a man, everyone wears jeans, every man looks good in blue. And if you're a lady, go for your lip tone and your eye color, and you will never go wrong. And so just make sure you take your time and buy three frames, simple. That's such good advice. And then also, if you haven't got a friend, friend to go with you, is to take a selfie and then look at the picture and see how you look in a picture as well. Do you think that helps? Selfies help because if you get them to take a photo, if you take a photo straight on, it's going to look a passport photo and you're going to hate them. So everyone knows how to photograph themselves these days. You know, you're sort of a three-quarter angle. It's going to be flattering. Take the selfie. And if you can't sell it on the selfie, don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. Well, Tom, um, you're just, you are a genius. You know, you're amazing. And I'm so pleased we had this chat because you deserve to go even more stratospheric than you are. I love your enthusiasm. I love your glasses. And yeah, let's put posters out saying Cruella glasses missing. Reward for whoever finds them. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Well, thanks very much for inviting me. It was an absolute uh, pleasure to meet your glasses. And uh, thanks for thinking of me. Oh, thanks, Tom. Isn't he bloody brilliant? You can find him on his website at tdtomdavis.com, at tdtomdavis on Instagram and Twitter, and at Tom Davis Bespoke on Facebook. Right, before we go, drop us a line by emailing help at mywardmail.com as we love hearing from you. Find us at mywardmail.com, follow us at mywardmail, and please show us some love by subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on your chosen podcast platform. And while you're at it, you can find our house band duo at duoguitarmusic.com or a duo guitar music on your socials, or rather their socials. That's it. Thanks so much again to Tom, to Duo, and of course, thanks to you for listening. Catch up soon. Until then, my wardrobe is officially closed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.